1: Welcome to the Seahawks Insiders podcast. The Seahawks have won back-to-back games, which makes us very happy. We love talking about Seahawks wins, especially when they seem to be hitting their stride once again. Jen Mueller and John Boyle with you. But John Boyle, here's the thing that we don't want to talk about. It's the effect of COVID on the team. The Seahawks have been really good at avoiding potential problems with rosters and with games. And we know that Pete takes a lot of, I don't know if pride is the right word, but certainly appreciates the discipline that's being shown at all levels of the organization. But we find out late in the week that two players are in COVID protocols, Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins. We know that the Rams have a number of players in COVID protocols, but here's what we don't know, John, what actually this is going to mean on game day.
0: Exactly. We we probably won't know until, you know, the end of the day, Saturday, for both teams, what's going to happen. Because as we know, vaccinated players can test back out of the protocol. There's no mandatory waiting period they seem to get the two negative tests so you know the Rams it was as of late Wednesday it was 16 players on the COVID list as you mentioned the Seahawks unfortunately added two just they've only had three now this season along with Gerald Levitt earlier in the year so uh, we don't know yet who's going to play who's not but yeah unfortunate this is becoming a problem around the league
1: yeah and it's not just the NFL the NBA is experiencing problems the NHL is experiencing problems and it really goes to point to the headlines of what's happening with the new variant We will point out that the Seahawks, for the most part, are vaccinated. They did have boosters available to them. Remember, you can't get the booster until six months after the vaccination. So, you've got kind of different levels as to where people are on that one. But continued masking, the Seahawks have had stiff protocols in place all season long. They will be upping those in the coming weeks because we know this team wants to finish strong. They are in good position to do that. But, John, as we specifically look at this matchup against the Rams, we're not, with or without COVID, we're not even talking about the same teams. As Pete pointed out, what that week five matchup did.
2: There's a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, You remember Russ got banged up in that game, and Gino came in and and almost got us back in in that thing. Um, And then, you know, we've gone through a lot since then, you know, and and so I I think we're back to firing with the chance to fire on on all cylinders, and uh, that game was was kind of messed up the, the, the flow of that season, you know, in the early part of the season, and so... I don't know, we'll see. Defense is playing well. They're doing a lot of good things. Numbers-wise, they're doing all kinds of great things, and, and uh, the consistency and situational play. Um, the balance that we saw last week is really what we're shooting for, and, and so we'll see if, if we can you know, live like that for, uh, for a while and see how that takes us to, uh, down the stretch
0: as Pete Carroll referenced the the most obvious thing there was Russell Wilson getting hurt and that really set back the offense you know not just cuz you lost Russell Wilson but as we saw when he first got back he just wasn't quite the same so it's kind of a long skid for the offense but we've seen them you know they they started to play better against the 49ers in that win and then Pete Carroll called last week's win in Houston their their best game of the year in terms of just the balance the way Russell Wilson played so you should be looking at a better Seahawks offense and then the other side of the ball that game was kind of where the defense really started to turn things. They gave up 13 explosive plays. That's 16-yard passes, 12-yard runs. That was a season high for them. Since then, they've allowed the fewest explosives in the NFL since that Week 5 loss. So they've really gotten that cleaned up, and that's been huge for their defense, becoming the number 5 scoring defense in the NFL.
1: Okay, so there's two things to talk about there. When we compare the Seahawks' numbers in Week 5 to what we saw last week in Houston, and look, different caliber teams, sure. right? But, But... In week five, Seattle converted on four of its 10 third downs. Third down has been a problem all year. The fact that they converted 53% against Houston, seven of 13, I don't care what type of team you're playing against, that is absolutely a building block. You're also coming off a game in which you have a season high total yards, season high rushing yards, yards per attempt, and they have scored 63 points in the last two games. That was a hard thing for them to do during that stretch. Part of it, not Russell Wilson, and part of it just not not being able to get playmakers involved the same way.
0: Yeah, and, and to your point about third down, it's just hard to sustain drives and score points if you're just not on the field. You're, they we saw that long stretch where they're they're setting season lows in number of plays and time of position week after week, and to to get that turned around has been a big thing for this offense. And you know, Pete Carroll kept hammering on the running game, and for good reason. They rushed for season high one ninety three. And they'll need that this week. I think Pete Carroll's line was, you know, he was asked about Aaron Donald, and he said it really helps if they don't know you're throwing it. So – they need to be able to get that running game going if they can and get Rashad Penny going again.
1: Okay, do not jump ahead on Aaron Donald. I don't need to spend additional time talking about Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's pretty good. Okay, but we're look. not going to talk about that right now. We're going to talk about how good the defense is because that was the other point that you brought up. And the weird thing is, if you look at the total numbers for offense and defense, it's it's not even close, right? You pointed out the fact that you've got the most yards allowed in the league. And you were among the best when it comes to points allowed in the league. It's It's nuts.
0: It's odd. Yeah. 32nd ranked defense in terms of yardage, fifth scoring defense. There's a lot of play there. You know, the the offense doesn't turn the ball over much, which helps the defense. You've got Michael Dixon pinning teams deep all the time. So, you know, a lot of times the team can get a lot of yards and not score because they started deep in their own end zone. And then the biggest thing is, this is what we've heard a lot from players and coaches. It's a lot of the situational stuff of, yeah, you're getting up some yards, but if you're really good in the red zone, that's going to help a lot. You're good on third down. You're getting on the stops when you need them. But yeah, it is. It's weird to look at. I think some of that was skewed too. Early in the year, they were giving up a lot of yards in some of those games. But it's it's a weird stat, for sure.
1: Well, and it's something that Bobby Wagner doesn't remember ever happening during the course of his career. And it's something that uh, Pete Carroll has certainly looked at, but has to evaluate just a little different than looking at specific numbers.
2: Yeah, I mean the numbers go beyond that. It's fifth in points. It's we're in up in the, in the third downs and red zone. We're doing all kinds of things. Explosive plays. We're in the top ten on both both ends. Of that one. This is a good defense. We've had hundreds of plays, more than other people. So the, the you know, the the, um, the total play numbers don't, you know, they reflect a different outcome than what you're doing. You know, uh, actually in the game. And the most important thing is points. You know, and and uh, so. It's a product of, of early in the year, lots of lots of passing yards given up, and they just hung with us, and then just, we just had so many plays because of the way we have played, which we still hate. The way that the numbers have come out as far as time of possession and, and first downs on you know in conversions on third downs and all that, the defensive third down conversion numbers are, are really pretty darn good, and uh, but it, we're not getting the benefit of that because we got to do it on the other side too.
1: Yeah, you talk about those third-down conversions. Three of 13 allowed last week against Houston. Three of 10 allowed the week before against San Francisco. Seattle did not win the time of possession last week. But I think just the way that game was being played, the defense had some pretty fresh legs down the stretch. Seattle right now is allowing 20.2 points per game. They have not allowed uh, more than 20 points in four of their last five. It is going to be interesting, though because the Rams offense is scoring 28 points a game.
0: And they seem to have kind of, they hit a little slump there, and they, they seem to have gotten it going. I mean, they lost three in a row. They're turning the ball over. They went out and beat Jacksonville, which, look, every game's important in the NFL, but you, you're not going to convince people that you're back by beating a two-win team. Then they went to Arizona on Monday night, beat what a lot of people have thought all year has been the best team in the NFL, and did it pretty convincingly, so... Yeah, Matt Stafford's playing great all of a sudden. That that offense is dangerous.
1: Well, and they've talked about adjusting to life without Robert Woods, and that took them out of their yeah. game plan. And so you didn't have that same weapon or, or the same target. Matthew Stafford has been sacked just 20 times this season. He is, first of all, quick to get the ball out. Yeah. He is also a big guy. He is number two in the league with 33 touchdowns thrown. The only quarterback who has more? Tom Brady. He also has the most completions of 40 plus yards and he is up near the top of the list in completions of 20 or more. That goes back to your explosive play stat. If ever there was a time to look at that and take some solace in knowing that that defense can slow it down. I think this is the week.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, for as long as Pete Carroll's been here, he's talked about, you know, for a for good defense, it's, you know, stop the run and don't give up big plays. And I think his line a long time ago is if, if you're getting beat over the top, giving up big plays, you're no good. And they, they struggled a little bit with that early in the year, and they've been really good at cleaning that up. And, you know, we talked to Quandre Diggs on Wednesday. He's been a big part of that. Obviously, the free safety always is, and he takes a lot of pride in that. So, yeah, it's, you know, as I referenced earlier, fewest in the NFL since that last Rams game, but probably the biggest test they've faced since that Rams game in terms of big plays.
1: You know what else I thought was so interesting that Quandre talked about? First of all, he knows Matthew Stafford really well. Right from his time in Detroit. But you've got two quarterbacks in this game that love to throw a deep ball, and both of them can throw it really well. I was watching some of those plays that Stafford made on Monday night, and it's like, how in the world did you do that? And he was talking about the difference between Russ's deep ball and Stafford's deep ball, and just the way he has to read them differently and anticipate. I thought it was really interesting.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's interesting to think about that for that position. It's almost like an outfielder in baseball, like tracking, you know, the. Talked about watching, you know, the flight of the ball and the the end zone all 22 when he's studying. And every quarterback's going to be a little different, even if they both have great arms. The, the style can change. And if you're a deep safety, you got to learn how to figure that out and know what you can take away was the other part, right? He was
1: like, I want to take away. I know that I've got to cover the post. I want to make him throw that dig route. Uh, In case you have not seen that or or can't quite think through the difference in that pass, Russ Russ throws a great moon ball and Stafford's is going to be more on a line, which changes the way that you have to read that. And, of course, it depends on the receiver that he's throwing to, but I can pretty much guarantee that ball is going to Cooper Cup a lot because why wouldn't it – given how involved he is in the offense.
2: He's the whole show now. He's a great football player. He's always, he's been a great player since the first, he stepped into the league. Um, now, without Robert, you know, they've really had to lean on him and, and uh, just more so than ever, but they've always counted on him. I mean, you know, we, of course we have Shane here and Shane's talked about, you know, the, the factor that he is for them because he does everything. You know, he, he catches the ball in critical situations. He's all the play passes. He's protecting. He's in the running game everywhere. Uh, he's just an enormous positive factor i don't know anybody is much more valuable to his team than he is
0: as pete said it's you know they just they find ways to get him the ball so much he he leads the nfl in catches receiving yards receiving touchdowns he has double digit targets in every game but one this season coming off a season high 15 last week 13 catches so yeah i mean look especially with robert words out we know that ball is going cooper cup's way quite a bit And it's going to take a group effort to slow him down because he's just having a phenomenal year.
1: Well, I'm going to add a couple more stats there that highlights the kind of year that he's having. First of all, he has 90 receiving yards, at least 90 receiving yards in nine straight games. That is tied for the longest streak in NFL history. And those categories that he leads the NFL in, John, if he maintains that top of the rankings list through the entire year, he will become the fourth wide receiver in history to do that. And the names he's joining, are they're Pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, Jerry Rice is at the top of that list. I heard of him. Sterling yeah. Sharp is there and Steve Smith. Yeah,
0: it's good company. I, Very good.
1: I would also like to point out, this is a guy that went to Eastern Washington. Yeah. Right? So he's a local product. Yakima. I was talking to a couple of people last week and it's like, man, I I always knew that he was a special wide receiver when I covered him at Eastern and they said, yeah, but keep in mind, he had deficiencies in his game. That's why he ended up at Eastern. Otherwise he would have been at a bigger program. He worked so hard. Everything that people told him he did poorly, he worked so hard. Now you think, oh, of course he is contributing like this every year in the NFL. I, I, it does go to the value of his hard work and discipline to not just prove people wrong, but make himself better.
0: Yeah. Well, he's it's he's having a hell of a career, but this year's just off the charts. And quick aside, how about his college teammate, Kendrick Bourne, also having a great season doing that? What are the odds two teammates at Eastern are you know, both top receivers for their teams in the NFL? Pretty cool for a local school.
1: It really is. I will not be cheering for them on Sunday, however. <laughs> you talk about how... Cooper Cup is everything the Rams need on offense. This is the conversation I tried to avoid every single time, but we just can't.
0: He's inevitable.
1: Aaron Donald is everything you could want if you were the Rams on defense.
2: He's kind of busting the, the test of time. He just keeps looking explosive and creative and, and uh, problematic, you know, and he, the, he, he, he has such a factor to help other guys play well. You know, that, that's always been, you know, the trait that's always been there. I mean, they've been good the whole time he's been there, the whole time we've been there. I, I don't, Was he... Did he come to them like when I was still, you know, at UOP or something? Because it seems like he's been there forever and he can't get away from the dude, and, and he just continues to be a great factor. He doesn't look any different at all. Is what I'm saying, and, and uh, he looks as good as ever.
0: Seeing as Pete Carroll was at UOP in the '70s, I think he might be exaggerating <laughs> just a little. But it does—I I look at it at his stats, and he's been in the league since 2014, which isn't—I mean, it's a long time, but it does seem longer just because every time you face him, he is such a headache. He's just having another great year, 10 sacks, had player of the week last week. I mean, the guy is just, he's such a force, and there's, you know, every every time you play them, you talk about how do you stop him, and you plan for it, and you do everything you can, and he still can find ways to wreck games.
1: Yeah, he has 10 sacks and two forced fumbles this season. He had three quarterback hits against Seattle in week five. He had the quarterback hits that broke Russ's finger, and, of course, caused that little... Uh, blip. Let's just call it a blip in the middle of the season. And John, you mentioned it earlier. The way that you shut down Aaron Donald is to be diverse on offense, right? Make sure that you're not throwing the ball in every play. What did we learn about Seattle and the offense last week that should help this week?
0: I mean, we. The first thing we learned is that, which is what Pete Carroll's been saying forever, is that when they can run the ball and be balanced, they're at their best. We saw all the big explosive pass plays play action was working great. And just that mix of running the ball well, hitting the big plays. And then the other big thing to me is we saw again, what Rashad Penny can do when he's healthy and given opportunity, which unfortunately for him in the Seahawks has not been a very constant thing throughout his career. But uh, our friend, Mike Sando pointed this out earlier today. He has four career games with more than 10 carries, including last week's. And in those four games, He rushed for 448 yards and five touchdowns, averaging 7.8 yards a carry. We're expecting him to kind of get the bulk of the load again this week. Pete Carroll says he earned that. So this is a great Rams run defense. They're right up there among the league leaders in run defense. But every time he gets that chance, he's thrived. And let's let's hope he can do that again.
1: Well, and I do think it's important to point out how he ran last week, right? Because if you are going to run against such a good run defense in the Rams, you cannot be like... Just like dancing behind the line of scrimmage, right? Mm-hmm. And what we tend to think of Rashad Penny being is that outside guy, right? Just let him get those couple of extra steps and then turn the corner. Last week, we saw him go right down the middle. I and mean, yeah. Bobby talked about he had the swagger that he saw him have back at San Diego State. I think that's really important because you are not going to beat the Rams defensive line or their linebackers on the edges. they no, are just not. There
0: won't be easy yards. No. If he's going to have a big game, he's going to have to break some tackles. He's going to have to fight for some of the, you know, turn, turn a one yard run into a three or four yard run. That's going to have to be a big part of it.
1: Before we wrap up and get the two things that we need for a Seahawks win, John, I've got this list of potential records that the Seahawks players are within reach of. And we're not to the end of the season.
0: Yeah, you Yet. think, oh, 17-game season, that's where the records are going to fall, but there's some there's some big numbers being put up.
1: Well, Bobby is 11 tackles away from moving into a tie for ninth most tackles in a single season since 2000 for the franchise. That's pretty impressive, Yeah, and it seems like that could happen in one game.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Jordan Brooks is not that far behind. He's third in the league, and... If he keeps up his pace, he could end up with the second most tackles in franchise history right behind whatever Bobby Wagner does this year.
1: Yeah, DK is 120 yards away from passing Joey Galloway for the most yards in a player's first three seasons in franchise history. Seven TDs. He's going to have to up that rate a little bit to pass Doug Baldwin and set a single season record. Michael Dixon, one punt inside the 20, and he will pass Jeff Fiegels, John Ryan, and his own record for most punts inside the 20. And if he does that six more times, he's going to pass Feagles for third place on Seattle's all-time list with
0: 134. We give punters love here, too.
1: I Well, you
0: have to. I know. You going have to. Going back to that I, I said earlier, that disparity of yards and points, I think he's a big reason for that.
1: Well, and punting is going to play into one of the two things I need to see this week for a Seahawks win. But, John, do you want to go first? I, I
0: was going to say, you seem ready if you want to go first. We could switch it up. If you, but Well,
1: I, yeah. I want to make the Rams punt. I always get to go first. I want to make the Rams punt. The Rams have punted just 40 times. By comparison, the Seahawks have punted 70 times. I would like to see the defense make some stops, force them to punt. I would also like to see... Our number of plays go back up because after having 68 plays against San Francisco, it dipped again last week to 57. I would like to see that get over 60.
0: That's a good plan. And you? I want to see, we talked a lot about Cooper Cup. I want to see one of those rare under 90 yard games. He's only had one this season. You mentioned that streak he had. Yeah. It, and then be, he had the one game with 64 yards. And then every game before that, he was over 90 as well. So it's been all but one game. this So let's just make 90 the magic number. Keep, okay. Keep him under 90. Other side, uh, you know, we assume it's going to be Penny, but whoever it is, get that run game going. Let's say get over 130 as a team. Don't care how you get there. If you have to run some end arounds, if it's Russ having to scramble, but get that run game going a little bit. So you're not so relying on the passing game and going back to this. Guy Aaron Donald, we keep bringing up so he can't tee off too much.
1: Yeah. How about Gerald Everett on an end around? I like like that play. I like that play. Okay. That's what we've got for this week's edition of the Seahawks Insiders Podcast. We will be back with you next week.